I'm Paul Levinson, and this is Light On, Light Through, Episode 24, Gore Back on Center Stage Again. And, of course, the gore there is Al Gore, who's been in the news a lot lately. He was on the stage of the Oscar Award ceremony this past Sunday, twice, uh, the second time to receive an award for an inconvenient truth, and the first time to make a presentation. Al Gore was also in the news a few weeks before that when he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, again for his work in trying to alert the world to the dangers of global warming via his movie An Inconvenient Truth. So I thought it might be a good idea to talk a little bit more about Al Gore, his role in our society now, what happened eight years ago, because I have a feeling that as 2007 continues, we're going to see more and more of Al Gore. Well, to begin with, just to let you know where I'm coming from, I voted for Al Gore in the year 2000. I was happy when he won the popular vote. I was very unhappy when the U.S. Supreme Court stepped in and prevented the recount in Florida, which the high court in Florida had mandated. I was very unhappy because I thought that was a really outrageous interference in the democratic process, democratic with a small d, by our Supreme Court. Other things being equal, our Supreme Court never steps in and tells the states what to do regarding something like counting votes in an election. So I thought this was something which went against the Supreme Court's own precedent. It clearly was a five to four decision with all five of the justices who voted for that decision being Republican appointees. So I thought it was a really sad day, a low day in American history. Now, in the aftermath of that, there were a variety of recounts, unofficial recounts that took place in Florida. Some said that Gore would have won if the recount that the Supreme Court had stopped had been allowed to continue. Others of these recounts came up with opposite conclusions that Bush would have won if the recount had been allowed to continue. Since I wasn't there during any of the recountings, I can't say which of the ones were done better or worse. But again, it seems to me that the only recount that really would have counted would have been the one mandated by the Florida High Court, which would have been done under the best circumstances in contrast to the other later recounts. In any case, as we know, Gore did not become president. George W. Bush did. And one of the things that struck me about Al Gore and his movie, An Inconvenient Truth, was the courage that took. Now, I know a lot of his detractors are saying, well, Al Gore just wants to be in the public light again. That's why he's flogging this global warming issue. I don't see it like that at all. As a matter of fact, I would say just the opposite, that someone who went through what Al Gore went through in the 2000 election, it must have been excruciating to have gone through an election campaign, to have won the popular vote, 
to have been waiting for the recount in Florida, whichever way it turned out, and then to have the Supreme Court say, well, there can't be a recount. Therefore, the last count, which showed Bush the winner in Florida, means that Bush will become president. I can't imagine what it must be like to go through that kind of excruciating process. And so I give Al Gore an enormous amount of credit for rather than going off and hiding under a rock somewhere, rather than licking his wounds, rather than withdrawing from public office, he instead puts himself out, makes a movie about something which he has clearly worked on and believes in, something that he has been talking about really for a very, very long time, and goes to the public with this movie. Now, there's a totally separate issue in question as to whether what has been portrayed in the movie is actually happening, meaning are we as a planet in danger from global warming? And I don't want to get into a whole scientific analysis of those questions now, but I will say that certainly if there's any chance at all that global warming is happening, we would be wise to pay attention to it and see what, if anything, we can do to eliminate it or reduce it, rather than just uh, ignoring it and putting our heads in the sand like ostriches and hoping that it doesn't happen. Now, just to be clear, I am no fan of excessive conservation, this critique that you often hear about our technological society. You know what I'm talking about. We're polluting the world. We're destroying life. I think, by and large, human beings do a lot more good for this planet than bad. Think of all the things that we plant, all the animals that we've raised over the years. We contribute to the biosphere, I think, much more than we take away from it. So I'm not saying that we should all stop using fossil fuel, that we should all go immediately solar, that we should all stop driving our cars. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, seeing is how there may be something really serious happening to our environment and happening too slowly for us to see unless someone begins calling attention to it I think it's a good thing for us to pay a little bit more attention to global warming and try to get as much scientific detail and evidence into this discussion as possible. Now, one of the things I've noticed uh, in the aftermath of the Academy Awards and Gore being up there on that stage is Republicans seem very uncomfortable about this. Perhaps they're embarrassed by what happened in 2000. Uh, frankly, their motives don't matter to me. But what does matter to me is when Republicans start making a big deal over things. For example, Gore's personal utility bills became an issue a couple of days ago. There are a whole bunch of articles about this. Uh, it, it all started with a uh, report on the Drudge Report, not exactly the most unbiased source in the world. And I don't know again, whether the actual facts in the report are true or not. What it basically said was Al Gore has a huge personal utility bill, 10 or 20 times that of the average American. There may actually be some reasons why Gore's bill uh, is higher, much higher than we might expect, 
given his position on global warming. For example, it in many cases is more expensive to go to an alternate energy source than just use the fossil fuels that are available to you. If you are setting up different ways of heating your house and bringing energy into your home and you're trying to not use the standard techniques, that can cost a lot more money. But let's assume that Gore spends a lot of money on his electrical bills and his power bills anyway. So what? Why should we care what Gore does personally when we're evaluating whether global warming is an important threat to us? Gore could be the most profligate energy user in the world, and that wouldn't negate the warnings that he and others are giving us about global warming. I've seen some people say, well, yes, that might be true, but then isn't Gore a hypocrite? Well, aren't we all hypocrites? Uh, Is there anyone in this world who hasn't advocated a position, an idealistic position, and then done something which goes against that position? For example, I don't think anyone would advocate that it's good to speed in a car, that it's good to try to gun a green light turning into a yellow light so that you don't get stuck at a red light and zoom through an intersection. I don't think anyone would advocate that. In fact, we would all advocate the opposite. And yet I'm sure there's not a person listening to this and not a person who's ever been in a car who hasn't gone over the speed limit from time to time. So I think it's an important point that Gore's personal behavior really has nothing to do with the positions he's advocating. We should evaluate those positions based on the facts. And if it turns out that his personal behavior runs contrary in some way to an ideal that he is proposing, well, all that shows is that he is human like everyone else. Hey, I'd rather have a hypocrite who warns us about something crucially important than an honest, sincere person who gives us no worthwhile warnings at all. Now, I've also noticed there have been some Al Gore for President initiatives that have started, not by Gore, but by various groups. I was invited on MySpace to join a Gore and Obama for President group. And I decided to accept that group as my friend because I think that would be a very interesting ticket. Whatever happens, I think it's good that Al Gore is back on stage again. I think he's contributed a lot to the United States. He was elected president of the United States in the popular vote. There's no doubt about that. No one can deny that. And now, once again, he is talking to America and the world about an issue that he sees as very important and which I think any reasonable person would agree does deserve our further scrutiny. So we've clearly not heard the last from Al Gore and it will be very interesting to see as 2000 develops what more happens with Gore politically. The Light on Light Through podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no E's dot com. Hey, if you want to make an impact online, check out GoDaddy.com. It has .com names for as low as $1.99. Plus, they have world-class hosting, fast and easy website builders, and much more. And if you mention the special code P1, 
P-O-D-4, that's POD4, you'll get 10% off your web hosting. Or BLU4, that's Blue4, gives you 10% off everything else you may buy at GoDaddy.com. And this brings us to our Flashes section. First, the RIAA, that's the Record Industry Association of America, is on the warpath again. Actually, I shouldn't say again, because they've been on the warpath constantly for the past few years, basically beating up on kids who are trying to enjoy some music. Hey, R-I-A-A, leave those kids alone. You're already making billions of dollars from sales of your CDs. What more do you want? You know what's going to happen if you keep on persecuting kids who are trying to share their music with their friends? You won't get any sales whatsoever. What am I talking about? Two things happened this past week. One, the RIAA announced in their generosity that they were offering an amnesty for any college kids who would fess up to sharing their MP3s with their friends. Gee, what a generous offer. And meanwhile, at the same time that that was happening, Congress, in a rare display of good judgment, is now considering a new bill which would extend, not in a major way, but slightly, the fair use permissions, which in effect give consumers the right to share on a very limited basis copyrighted materials, which I think is a very good thing. What was the RIA's response to that? Well, of course, they came out against that. So, you know, the RIAA, like Viacom, like all of these ancient giants, are really dinosaurs who are thrashing around. They're in their death throes, really. But they can still do a lot of damage. It's certainly no pleasure to be taken to court or even get a call from an RIAA soulless attorney. I wish them nothing but bad luck. Did you hear about that study that came out of San Diego State University in California? An amazing finding. College students are more narcissistic nowadays than ever before. Gee, we needed a study to tell us that? And why is that a problem? Who cares? You know what? The most narcissistic aspect of that study are the researchers who wasted all that time coming up with this useless finding. Frankly, the whole word narcissism is misused in this case. The Greek youth narcissists looked into a pool of water, and he was so vain, he was so in love with his own reflection, that he fell into that pool of water and drowned. That's the origin of the word narcissism. Pursuing your own self-interest isn't really narcissism. It actually is a healthy thing, and I'm not necessarily a follower of Ayn Rand. I'm not putting selfishness up on some kind of pedestal. But at the same time, I don't think narcissism is anything to be worried about. It's good to think highly of yourself. And if we want more considerate people in the world, well then, as narcissistic people, we will pursue relationships with people who are considerate towards us, and the net result of that will be more considerate people in the world. Promo. 
And speaking of considerate, first let me thank again Patsy Terrell for doing that very sweet light on, light through blueberry promo. We are indeed proud to be part of the blueberry community. And if you want to hear more of Patsy Terrell, you can hear her Art of Gracious Living podcast. You'll find the web address over on the lightonlightthrough.com show notes for this episode. And speaking of Blueberry, if you go over to Blueberry.com right now, at least it's there now on Saturday night, you'll see a face on the front page. And that face is none other than the visage of Mike of Mike Thinks. And you all know who Mike Thinks is, the MikeThinks.com podcast. As I've been saying many times, he's one of the sharpest guys in the podcasting universe. Always has an interesting podcast. When you have a chance, go over and listen to MikeThinks.com. You'll also hear a promo for Sean Farrell's fabulous patio book rendition of my first novel, The Silk Code. And you know what? The patio book for The Silk Code, done by Sean Farrell is in first place of the patio book charts for patio book subscriptions over the past 30 days. So a lot of people are listening to it and enjoying it, and if you get a chance, it's totally free. So you might as well give it a shot, and if you enjoy the patio book, hey, by all means, buy a copy of the Silk Code. It's uh, available in mass market paperback. You know what? You can get it on Amazon for a couple of cents because there are a lot of used copies floating around. Hey, that's fine with me. And you'll also hear a few more promos as well. So listen, I had a great time talking to you again. It was a lot of fun. Relax, enjoy, and I'll see you next time. out the Mike Thinks podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. From patiobooks.com. The day started just like any other day. Always does until I watched one of my closest friends die, right in my arms. Nothing I could do. But his death was a beginning, not an end. And now I've been thrust into a timeless conflict of pyromaniac insects and instant mummification, a war within our very genetic makeup. And when the powers of the ancient world collide with modern technology, no one is safe, not me, and certainly not you. I'm Dr. Phil D'Amato, NYPD Forensics, and the only way to save myself is to solve the mystery of the Silk Code. The Locus Award-winning novel by Paul Levinson 
comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the ancient world, witness the wonder of ages past, and join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. Visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com. Join the battle, witness the wonder, or forever be victim to the awe and power of the Silk Code. Phil D'Amato is ready. Are you? Did you walk out of the Matrix and wonder if you're a battery in a jar? Did you walk out of Daredevil and wonder, what is it like to be a bat? Do you and your friends stay up at night debating good and evil in the Star Wars universe? Does the question of life, the universe, and everything intrigue you? Then open your mind and tune into The Sci-Fi Show, thescifishow.com. And that's five with a PH. Do you remember what he looked like? Hey, this is Jake. I do a show called Just Not Right, the podcast. You can find it at notrightpodcast.com. It's funny, fresh, entertaining. I mean, sometimes I'll just take the mic and say, Hey, oh my, you look nice. You are wonderful. Thank you for listening. You are the best. Check it out. There's a segment called Letters from a Utah Nut. It's hilarious. I know you'll love it. I'm writing this letter in regards to your giant D sign located in front of your store. I want to climb it. Please do not climb the sign. Would it be alright if everyone from our company just started singing? Although we enjoy our customers' enthusiasm for our product, it is strange and unusual for large parties to join in chorus in our lobby. Is it okay for me to be using Windex as a cologne? All SC Johnson products are extensively evaluated for toxicity and safety. <laughs> Hilarious! Do you remember what he looked like? NotRightPodcast.com See you there. In a world full of hopelessness and despair, only two guys have the power to deliver the world from certain destruction. Nathan and Carlos are... Podcast Pendulum. Watch it all unfold at podcastpendulum.podomatic.com. Join me, the Time Traveler, on the Time Traveler Show, where we interview authors and voice actors and then present vintage stories read by a guest reader. Where we find tomorrow through yesterday, all at TimeTravelerShow.com spelled with one L. That's TimeTravelerShow.com. The Nexus, where science fiction meets audio. 